May the grace and peace of God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and God's Holy Spirit. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's at least better than it was the day before, and the day before that, we're making progress. And we thank you for coming, and we thank you for your faithfulness, and we have a few announcements before we start today that Corky will walk us through. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Are you going to do it? Yeah. Okay. Orky was filling in, and Paul is running to the rescue. You want to take the notes? Okay. Welcome. I'm just letting him settle in, and we'll begin. And he will take over in a minute. Uh, we do have some announcements. Uh, March 4th, I believe that's today. Yep. <laughs> there is a trustees meeting after fellowship. And this evening there is the formation group at 5 p.m., the faith formation group in the Clark Room. Um, also tomorrow, Unity House Volunteer Board Meeting is at 6.30, also in the Clark Room. March 7th, which is Wednesday, Faith Formation Group, also in the Clark Room at 7 p.m. And all importantly, we have a corned beef dinner this Saturday. Uh, the sign-up sheet is in the, on the back table in the fellowship if you have anything you would like to donate food-wise for the dinner. There's still some blank spaces that need to be filled. There won't be many potatoes eaten if we don't have somebody else pick up the potatoes. Uh, I noticed that when I signed up for my potatoes. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm saying that. Um, the tickets are on sale, and Debbie is the one you would see. They're $12 in advance, so see Debbie for that. All right. Are there any other announcements? Debbie? Oh, Debbie wanted to talk about something else. Good morning. 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 We have little bags of 12 eggs per bag. If you would like to take a bag with the fellowship hall, take them, fill them with stickers or, or wrapped candy or whatever you like. Put in the bag, green bag, on Palm Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. That will make the children happy. Yes. It's fun to watch. I'd like to remind people of something that I announced by email and online. Uh, to as many people as I could reach, but I want everybody here to know as well. On March 24th at Women, Family, and Children on Colony Street, we're having a paint party. What could be better than the paint? Woohoo! Except some folks. Uh, we would love you to participate. They have a wonderful program that they're starting for 18 to 24 year olds to help vulnerable kids make the transition to adulthood successfully. And we're going to be helping them to open up their facility in April by painting some of the rooms. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in back. There's also one online. And if you have any questions about it, please contact myself or Daryl, and we'd be glad to fill you in with all the details. But most of all, bring yourself, bring some food, and we're going to uh, bless the place with an anointing of prayer at the lunchtime uh, discussion when they're going to be explaining the program. 
Thank you so much. Please be seated. I hope and pray that you got through the storm okay. It looks like we're still going to have some cloudy weather with us for a while longer before spring begins to start to feel real. But while we wait for the budding of trees and daffodils in Florida, right now, there are definite signs and sounds of spring. The crack of the back, the buzz of fans in the warm sun, coaches running their players through drills, spring training has begun. It's a time of practice, practice and hope, working together to create a new season of dreams. In our season of Lent, the 40 days and weekdays between Ash Wednesday and Easter, we too are preparing, hopefully, for a new season of dreams. We've reflected this Lent so far on returning to God, purifying our hearts for God, and committing our hearts to God. And just as baseball players return to their teams, focus their minds and hearts on the new season, and commit to what's required to succeed on their team, the beginning-to-begin -begin phase to our Lenten journey now turns to actual practice. Now we look at what we are really doing as disciples of Christ for God's mission of love, hope, and transformation. There's more than a World Series trophy on the line, after all. There's the future of our lives, our souls, and God's world at stake. Practicing our faith matters in a huge way, for now and for God's future. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, Creator, Redeemer, and Transformer of all, we thank you for the revelation of your word that's been brought to us and that we may meditate upon at this time. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, in a few months, I can guarantee you that somewhere in the major leagues of baseball, some ball player is going to muff a play, and some baseball announcer is going to say, you know, those are the plays that you're supposed to practice in spring training. It ain't fun when your failure to practice gets noticed so publicly, and yet that's what happens with us every day. We all try to live up to our faith commitments as best as we can, but the world and God know when we've been bottling the plays that we need to practice in our own lives. The only question is, are we willing to practice the things that will help our faith to grow in God's ways? Practicing faith is not a matter of doing the same things over and over again. Practicing faith means opening ourselves up to a wide range of experiences and ways of learning about God. Some of these ways of learning will feel familiar and comfortable, like coming to worship or 
helping to put together one of our great fundraising dinners. Others will feel a bit out of our comfort zone, not quite matched up with what some people call our learning styles. And some will require us to move muscles. And some will require us to meet and work with people who we're not used to. Some will require us to find new courage to say and do new things. And some will require us to get comfortable with Scripture, the revelation of God's story, with all the insights that we need to find salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Like baseball players in their spring training camps, if we don't move out of our comfort zones, we don't develop the spiritual strengths that will help us to move forward as God's people in Christ. Just like a baseball player needs not only to pitch, but also to help with plays at first base, we need to practice many things that help us to make the difference for God's hope in God's world. And when there's a friend or family member in need of a word of hope from our faith or a meaningful prayer, how can we offer them these things if we haven't practiced how to do them? Or, when we need to find words of hope in the Bible, will we at least have an idea of how to find them, or will we wind up like our good friend Homer Simpson? I'm hoping he's going to come up here in a second. Come on, Homer, you can do it. I guess he's a little shy today. No, here he goes. Did I pass right by him? Give him a chance. Here he goes. <laughs> well, you know what Homer says there. That kind of mussed up a bit. But you know what he says. He's trying to figure out how to solve the problem. He looks in the Bible and he says, there aren't any instructions here. Well, thanks for trying once over. So, you know, when the game of life is on the line, we need to be at least generally ready for anything that life throws at us. Life doesn't guarantee us that we'll get to do only what makes us comfortable. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we need to live life on life's own terms. And so, we need to be ready to respond to life with the hope of faith in as many ways possible. In John's Gospel today, we see what had happened to the people of Israel when their faith had slipped into way too comfortable places. In the temple of Jerusalem, where the people of Israel came to pray and worship God, fundraising had become the focus of faith rather than the fruits of faith. The courtyard of the temple, which was supposed to be a place of spiritual preparation for going into the temple had turned into a marketplace, a mall, choked with vendors selling animals for sacrifices at the temple and money changers who made a big profit trading everyday coins for the pure silver coins that the temple demanded for their donations. It was a mess. And it had very little to do with helping people to have their hearts committed to their faith. This was something that did not happen overnight. It was a gradual corruption 
in the faith of Israel to the point that the Israelites cared more about selfishness than being children of the living God. And as they started to hate the pure ways of God in their hearts, this sinful corruption was handed down from one generation to the next, from parents to children to grandchildren to great-grandchildren. And as the voice of the living God reminds us in today's reading of the Ten Commandments from Exodus, God notices when one generation fails to help the next generation to be holy. God judges it. And in Jerusalem's temple, the judge had finally appeared, Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man. And Jesus made no bones about what God's judgment was. The judgment of Jesus was that the corruption had to leave immediately. And Jesus threw out the sinful merchants and the money changers, and the temple was open again for people to seek the pure light and hope of the living God. Return. Return to God for healing and hope. Purify. Purify your hearts and your lives for God. Commit. Commit your will and your life to the God who loves you more than you can ever imagine. And practice. Practice everything that it takes to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your strength. And to love everyone as you would have them love you. This is the essence of God's Ten Commandments. The essence that Jesus brought to us the same way as to be the way of God in living flesh. As Methodists, we're meant to practice a living faith. We read and discuss and pray over the Bible, not to be experts in the Bible, but to find and practice that living faith that saves us from sin and death. We come to worship, not just to feel good and to chat over coffee, but to practice being part of the family of God, growing close to God and one another, the way that we hope that we do once we walk out of this church. And we practice serving God through missions, not just to do things that we feel good doing, but to stretch our spiritual muscles, growing close to different kinds of people, to feel God's hope together for generations to come. And we practice bringing God's living word to people in prayers and witnessing to our faith, not as a show of pride or power, but as an expression of God's hope coming into the world as a sign of hope to come from God. These are the core practices of a living Christian faith that we all must be ready to cover at some point or another in our faith life. And just like an outfielder is not likely to be called on to be a pitcher very often in a baseball game, not everybody is going to be ready to practice each of them equally. We all have our areas of strengths and areas that we practice, not to be the strongest person doing them, but to be ready to contribute as much as we can to the success of our church as a community 
of living faith. I invite you all to consider how you can stretch all of your muscles, spiritual muscles, this year to find a more balanced way to practice your faith. If you're a sometimes show at worship, try making it an all-the-time practice. If you never studied the Bible or a book like our Three Simple Rules or a devotional reader, give it a try. We have faith groups that will make it easy and fun for you to do this and to build up a culture of living faith in your life. If you never tried a mission or service project, give it a shot or bring a friend. If you're not much for praying or witnessing and you've committed to practicing these other Christian disciplines, my guess is that you'll be praying and witnessing soon enough if you're doing these other things. And who knows? You just might find that living faith that we all need in our lives. Come this fall, there will be one baseball team who will be handed a World Series trophy. And I think we can be sure it will be a talented team, an energetic team, a team that had the strength to endure, but most of all, I'm sure that it will be a team that practiced and practiced hard in every way they could to ensure their success as a team so that they could rejoice in a great victory. And I hope and pray that we will all endure in practicing a living faith together, a faith that will bring us and the world a life of hope, joy, and everlasting peace. It is the victory of living faith. Play ball, folks. Play ball. Amen. Please be seated. It's time now for the prayers of the people. The time when you lift up the joys and concerns the pains and the healing that we've experienced as a community and as people in God's world. We have a few prayers this week. Uh, one for Janet. Is that Janet East? Hurst. Hurst, thank you. Janet Hurst, uh, who had surgery on Wednesday. She's Edie Mark Antonio's sister-in-law. Prayers for healing for Bill DeMaria after his surgery, a friend of Edie also's. And Prayers for family, for the family of Heather Payne, who passed away at the age of 28 this week uh, from cystic fibrosis after a long struggle. And so we pray that you will have special prayers for her family at this time. Uh, prayers for the family of Phyllis Redford and Irene Gold, uh, who are mourning. And for those who are traveling, we pray for their mercies, especially. Janice and Tom, who are flying back from to, uh, to Florida at this time. And whatever has happened as a result of this storm, I know that in Massachusetts there has been some loss of life, and for whatever loss of life and property and physical well-being, we pray that everybody who is affected by this storm may find God's healing in their lives. From our community, John. These are prayers that people have written when they came into our church. 
would help if I read it right side up. Pray for my dad, for my family, for my son is uh, his sur- that his surgery will be will please the Lord and for my friends and Daryl and the boy Caesar I think that is are both struggling with cancer thank you God bless you and give me strength to keep me strong every day so that I may help you. It's a beautiful prayer. Did you see how that was constructed? There's thanks in the middle of people who need healing. That's a powerful prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Loving, healing, powerful God, creator, redeemer, and transformer of all creation and of all life, We thank you and we praise you for the strength that you bring into our lives. We all need healing and we lift up especially the healing of hearts, the healing of flesh, and the healing of broken hopes that we've heard expressed this week in these prayers. We pray for the unspoken prayers in our hearts right here today. Whatever joys and sorrows are in our hearts, O Lord, they are not inconceivable to you. Indeed, they are known to you right in this very moment. In your Holy Spirit, anoint us now with your living presence. Hear our prayers. Respond to our prayers as only you can in your everlasting love. Give us the hope that comes from faith in you that all prayers to be answered in your loving will, in your loving way. And give us faith in that way. We pray in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We do have a gracious and generous and loving God, and we invite you now to express your love for God's work in the world as we present our offerings of grace and our tithes and offerings the glory of God's work.
Thank you so much for a blessed and joyful worship today. And we have a charge to keep. We've got to practice them spiritual muscles. Let's say it together, please. If we don't practice God's ways, who will? If we don't show our families in the world who Jesus is, who will? Let's take up the habits of bringing Christ into our lives so that the world may see the Christ in us. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon little old us and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people of God say joyfully and loudly, Amen!